0: Marshall, let me tell you about why I hate pumping gas.
1: Why do you hate pumping gas?
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Get ready. Okay. It pollutes. Yeah. It causes climate change. Yeah. We're taking decomposed fossils from the ground that take millions of years to make, and we can never put them back in the ground and make them over again.
1: Well, I mean, we could. We just have to go back millions of years.
0: In the time machine, right? Yeah. We're keeping the time machine under wraps. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. it's good
0: okay but i have one more point it's not good for the environment
1: but i mean the thing is like we've got to get somewhere in like 20 minutes (laughs) it's too far to walk what choices do we have
0: well there's a little something i'm gonna tell you about called bacteria (laughs) i'm Lindsay,
1: and i'm marshall Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery.
0: This episode, we're talking about how scientists are discovering a new way to make fuel with bacteria.
1: Ew. So, like, you're talking about bacteria, like the things that make us sick when they get into our food and noses.
0: (laughs) Well, some bacteria can make us sick, but other bacteria might be able to become factories for fuel. No way. Yeah.
1: Yeah way. Where'd you find that out?
0: I found it out from Sarah Richardson,
2: a really awesome biologist I was talking to. I guess you can call me Dr. Richardson, but nobody does that.
0: Sarah works at a place called the Joint Bioenergy Institute.
1: Is it called that because it's like in an elbow?
0: (laughs) No, it's a lab that's full of scientists working to make better biofuels.
1: Okay, so but like they use elbows. Yes. (laughs) <laughs>
0: they have to use them in their bodies to move around.
1: Okay, so what, what's a biofuel? Is it like a fuel that you make in biology class?
0: Well, they're fuel from plants, but not the plants that we eat. The scientists are trying to take plants like grass and break them down into energy for fuel using bacteria. And that's where Sarah comes in. How would you describe sort of the big picture of your work? Like if you're describing it to your grandmother, what you do every day?
2: I'm working towards being able to farm bacteria. I want to be that farmer with a stick of straw in their mouth, except instead of a bunch of pens with happy animals in them, I will have a bunch of Petri dishes.
1: So, bacteria farmer? I thought we were talking about fuel.
2: Wait for it. And each Petri dish will have a bacteria in it that is happily eating whatever it is it wanted to eat and making for me something that I really wanted it to make. I want to have a little biomanufacturing farm. That's where I'm hoping my science is going.
1: So it's like a little bacteria farm that makes fuel?
0: It's kind of a funny way to describe something called biomanufacturing.
2: That is to use cells to make products and things that are good for people or necessary for people but that aren't currently easy or inexpensive to make or particularly are made with a lot of pollution. Things like fuel or antibiotics or pesticides.
0: Scientists have long known that instead of using expensive chemicals that pollute the environment, we can get living bacteria to make these things.
1: Do we have to pay them? Like...
0: Like in sugar? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they value. <laughs>
1: it's like, I'll do this job for you, but it's five cubes.
0: <laughs> well, we've already put microbes like bacteria to work making things for us. For example, yeast yeast makes bread, beer, wine, and your favorite, kombucha.
1: Kombucha is not my favorite. It is in fact quite gross.
0: Yes, but you can make it in your house.
1: Which is why it tastes like sweat. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) The point is, making things with bacteria is not weird or unnatural, and that's why Sarah and a bunch of other biologists like her are working to find out how bacteria can make more useful stuff and make it more efficiently, faster, better, stronger. So I asked her how she's about to do that.
2: Normally, we use a couple of microbes that we've gotten very, very good at using over the years through a lot of practice. But that practice, if you think about it, was actually making friends with the bacteria we figured out what it liked to eat we figured out what temperature it wanted to grow at we figured out all the salt and the ph and everything and then we figured out how to write dna to go into it to give it instructions
0: dna which every cell has is the code that tells the cell what to do so you can think of the cell as kind of like a computer
2: but what we found is when we go out and find another bacteria a lot of those rules are subtly different.
1: So I think I get what she's saying about bacteria farming, that like each animal in a farm has different needs.
0: Exactly, but there are way more bacteria than farm animals, and bacteria could do a ton of different stuff. Sarah thinks of genomes, the complete set of a cell's DNA, like recipe books for
2: her own creations. We have so many genomes and genes sequenced. So many. I can pull a gene out of the databases that came from any bacteria almost that we've ever seen. But then I have to be able to actually make sure that the bacteria I'm trying to talk to can read that gene as well. So what does
1: she mean by that?
2: Well, she's trying to pair
0: bacteria with genes that will work together to make biofuel. And everyone has to understand each other. The bacteria, the new gene, and the
2: scientist. Otherwise, it won't work. Think the bacteria is all...
1: What does that That's mean? That's bacteria language. It means please bring me some water.
2: So say I want to make some biofuel in a bacteria. I put all the genes together I think I need to make the fuel, and then I try to grow it. And the bacteria goes, oh, my God, this sucks. And it grows very slowly, and it doesn't make a lot. And at the end of maybe four days, I have made 100 milligrams of my fuel in a liter of food.
1: Okay, so you want more fuel than food?
0: Right, and the food is what the bacteria is set up to make. It doesn't want to make fuel, even if it has the instructions to make it. So that tells Sarah that the bacteria is not reading the instructions. She needs to tweak the recipe or maybe find a different
2: kind of bacteria that's more willing to do the work. And instead of having to coax our cell to accept a process it has never, ever run in its entire natural history, I can start with something that's already halfway there to being a super producer.
0: So you're looking for things that already have a tendency to do the things that you want them to do.
2: Exactly. If you're looking for something to hunt for mice in your barn, you don't send a cow on the job.
1: So I assume that means she's looking for like a cat, but like bacteria version. But but how does she find what she needs?
2: To
0: keep searching through DNA and genes... Sarah actually writes her own computer programs every single day.
2: We have to use a program to see DNA properly because it's so big. Maybe in other fields, like in an office, 90% of what you wanna do, other people could use Microsoft Word for. But the whole point of science is that we're doing something no one's ever done before. And so there's not a lot of tools that exist that make that easy. Being able to make my own tools makes me a better scientist.
1: So has she found the bacteria she's looking for?
0: What she's doing is not easy, and she really only recently got the tools to try it. The scientists she's working with who are actually manufacturing the biofuels or putting the bacteria to work at breaking down plants are relying on her. If you're in the role of the farmer, then it's the people who are actually manufacturing things are kind of like the chefs of the world. Would you say that that's...
2: I guess so, yeah. They'd come to me and they'd say, I'm trying to make this chemical and I've been working in this bacteria. It doesn't work very well. And I would say, I know that bacteria. That bacteria doesn't like to have a lot of nitrogen in its feed. And maybe that's why you couldn't grow it. So let me kind of help you figure out how to work directly in that bacteria instead of in a different bacteria. Let me be the germ whisperer.
1: So we're not going to be able to fill up the car with bacteria fuel, like, today.
0: Not today, but someday. So tomorrow. (laughs) Maybe not tomorrow, (laughs) but someday. Sarah's amazing at what she does, but it's not like a smart person walks into a lab and then, like, the next day you have your gigantic breakthrough discovery. It's just, that's not how science works.
1: How, how does it work? So, like, maybe Wednesday? <laughs> It'll be so ready? So
0: you're talking Wednesday is what I'm hearing. Wednesday. I'm hearing,
1: like, five days. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> it's this long process of trial and error, and there's lots of small steps
2: before you find what works. And that's what Sarah does, and she loves it. There's nothing I like to talk about more than bacteria, honestly. It's pretty sad. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Thanks so much
0: to Sarah Richardson for being on our show this week. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I write and produce this show.
1: And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I compose some of the music. We also featured some tracks by Chris Zabriskie and Broke for Free.
0: Ashley Cox is our social media and marketing person. She's been posting our episodes as videos on YouTube. So if you want to watch them, you'll find a link on our website, tumblepodcast.com.
1: Also on our website, you can learn more about Sarah and biomanufacturing. And subscribe to our newsletter, The Tumble. It's the only podcast recommendation newsletter for families. We're finding the best kid-friendly episodes of shows you've heard, like Invisibilia, And some you haven't, like the show about science, hosted by an awesome five-year-old named Nate.
0: Speaking of kids on podcasts, you're going to start hearing more kids' voices on our show. We're looking for questions about how we know what we know, the stories behind science discovery. To find out how you can participate, connect with Tumble on Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email with your question, Tumblepodcast at gmail.com.
1: And stay tuned for more stories of science discovery.